Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention eases travel warnings covering cruise ships. U.S. Virgin Islands gets 5.1 million U.S. federal grant for passenger ferry service between St. Thomas and St. John. Development Bank of Jamaica provides 9.5 billion in loans to micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises. St. Lucia among beneficiaries of project to support sargasm seaweed solution. European Union airmarks 170 billion U.S. dollars to counter China's influence in Africa. And U.S. Virgin Islands proud of native Aaliyah Boston, who ties Southeastern Conference record with 19 straight double-double in victory game. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, February 21st. We start a report today with a look at the cruise industry. Bahamanews.net reports that the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, citing a drop in the number of COVID-19 cases reported on cruise ships, is easing its warning covering cruise ship travel. The CDC moved cruise ship warnings to a level three health notice this week and encouraged travelers to be up to date with their COVID-19 vaccines before traveling. Regardless of vaccination status, those who are at risk of severe illnesses from COVID-19 are still advised to avoid cruise travel. The move comes after the rapidly spreading Omicron variant caused several COVID-19 cases clusters on vessels, raised cruise ship travel warnings to a level four help notice, and encouraged travelers to avoid cruises. The CDC uses a four-level travel notice system to alert travelers around the world. Level four, the highest alert level warning, is very high, COVID-19 levels. The guidance was softened for vaccinated travelers in response to a decrease in COVID-19 cases on cruise ships operating in the United States, said CDC spokesperson Catalina Shockley. The CDC's decision is a step in the right direction, said Cruise Lines International Association, a cruise ship industry trade group. Cruise ships have medical isolation and quarantine facilities on site, implement extensive response plans using private shoreside resources, and have created an environment where almost every single person is fully vaccinated, the association stated. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Public Works is among 11 state agencies chosen as grant winners for the U.S. Federal Transit Administration's 2021 Passenger Ferry Grant Program. The award of $5.1 million to purchase a new 100-foot ferry is expected to improve service reliability and accommodate increasing ridership along the St. Thomas-St. John route in the U.S. Virgin Islands. A third larger vessel that can accommodate 300 passengers is necessary, said Department of Public Works Transportation Planner Andrew Ray. Ridership demands, particularly during the rush hour, cannot be met with the smaller existing vessels owned by the Department of Public Works. The Passenger Ferry Grant provides competitive funding for projects that support passenger ferry systems in urbanized areas. Funds are awarded 
awarded based on infrastructure needs and benefits to riders. The ferry service serves as a lifeline for St. John residents who travel to St. Thomas for health care, employment, education, and other essential services. U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Public Works currently owns two Virgin Islands Public Transit System, or VITRAN, branded vessels, which are certified by the U.S. Coast Guard and can hold up to 204 passengers each, including crew. With a new vessel, time constraints can immediately be cut down and accommodate maintenance in the event a vessel must undergo repairs. The U.S. Virgin Islands has plans to acquire a vessel for the St. Croix-St. Thomas route in the future. Jamaica Information Service reports that the Development Bank of Jamaica is anticipating the provision of $9.5 billion in loans to micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises during the new financial year. This is in addition to the $6.24 billion in credit guarantees, $24.4 million U.S. dollars in equity financing, and capacity building support to 440 entities. As contained in the public body's estimates of revenue and expenditures for the year ending 2023, the support from the Development Bank of Jamaica is aimed at addressing the gaps in the micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises ecosystem, which hampers growth in the industry by improving the entity's access to business development and financing. As stated in the document, the Development Bank of Jamaica will continue to provide support financing under the $5 billion Social and Economic Recovery and Vaccine Program to various sectors via the Digital Technical Assistance and the Small, Medium, Enterprise, Private Equity Facilities. The Development Bank of Jamaica will also provide assistance in the divestment of government-owned assets by facilitating investments through public private partnerships and privatization. In keeping with this imperative, the agency tends to bring closure to transactions including Jamaica Mortgage Bank, Jamaica Railway Corporation, Montpelier, and the Cocoa Industry Board. St. Lucia Times reports that St. Lucia is among Caribbean countries to benefit from Japan-funded United Nations program projected to support a search for solutions to the sargasm seaweed problem. The support comes in the form of 12.3 million U.S. dollars for improving national sargasm management capacities in Barbados, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and Trinidad and Tobago. The project aims to enhance national capacity for the removal and disposal of sargasm. It will provide the beneficial countries with removal and collection machinery complemented and supported by relevant gender-responsive training and capacity development programs. The United Nations Development Program said the project would explore scientific monitoring technologies such as UAS drones and geographic information system space mapping tools to evaluate the quantum of sargasm influx. The official exchange of notes signing took place between the government of Japan and the United Nations Development Program at UN House in Barbados on February 18, 2022. H.E. Mr. Tuhiko Shinada, Ambassador Extraordinaire 
of Japan to Barbados said the target countries would get equipment such as floating boom barriers, aquatic conveyors, work boats, machine surface beach rakes, tractors, and dump trucks. The Japanese diplomat also explained that the project includes the transfer of expertise and technical knowledge on the collection, removal, transport, and disposal of sargasm. Valerie Cliff, resident representative, United Nations Development Program Barbados, and the Eastern Caribbean also addressed the signing ceremony. She observed that now almost seasonal influx of sargasm seaweed and the current adverse effects of climate change further increase the vulnerability of small island developing states. However, through the generous support of the government of Japan, Caribbean governments can make greater strides in not only removing but understanding this phenomenon and enhancing regional capacity to handle it moving forward, Cliff observed. Crider News reports that the European Union has recently announced that it has earmarked 150 billion euros or 170.5 billion U.S. dollars to counter China's influence in Africa. The Brussels Time reported that the EU-African Union gathering, which started last Thursday, was initially planned for 2020, but was postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic and agenda issues. It was the first time the EU and African Union leaders met in that format since 2017. The EU leaders, in their effort to re-engage with African nations and counter the growing influence from China, has made their intentions clear to remain Africa's partner of choice by offering the financial package for projects and development on the continent. The multi-billion dollar investment was announced last week by European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, following a two-day summit with the African Union in Brussels, Belgium. According to the European Union Commission President, the investment plan in Africa is part of the EU's Global Gateway Project. The EU's initiative is seen as an alternative to China's Belt and Road Initiative. The monies will be pumped into sectors including manufacturing, transport, infrastructure, green energy, sustainable food chain, health, and education. It was reported that the money will come from both public and private sources, with the EU aiming to invest 20 billion euros per year in debt, equity, and guarantees. In 2020, the EU was Africa's largest single trade partner, and China was its second largest. Last week, the Pan American Health Organization kicked off its anniversary campaign to celebrate 120 years of active work promoting health and well-being. Pan American Health Organization Director Dr. Carissa F. Ethian observed that the organization has reached the milestone during some of the most challenging times the region and the world has ever seen. Ethian cited the COVID-19 pandemic, the likes of which the world has not experienced for a century, and she observed that the pandemic has laid bare some of the most striking health inequities. As we begin to look towards rebuilding and recovery, never before has the Pan American Health Organization's leadership been more crucial and more relevant, the Pan American Health Organization director added. The 120th anniversary campaign aims to spur efforts to champion pro-equity strategies for universal health access
awareness and coverage. It also aims to promote the urgent need for robust health systems that are sufficiently ready and resourced to meet current and future health challenges. The Pan American Health Organization planned a full set of events, starting with a virtual dialogue on the interdependency between health, social protection, and economy in March 2022. Pan American Health Organization was founded as the International Sanitary Bureau on December 2, 1902, to address the spread of infectious diseases during a time of rapid maritime transport expansion. It was renamed Pan American Sanitary Bureau in 1923 and subsequently the Pan American Health Organization in 1958. And finally, the Virgin Islands Consortium reports that Virgin Islands native Aaliyah Boston tied the Southeastern Conference record for most consecutive double-doubles with her 19th straight double-double on Sunday afternoon in number one South Carolina's 67-53 win over number 12 Tennessee. The St. Thomas native who has been called the face of women college basketball by Sports Illustrated and joined Clutch Group Sport, had 16 points and 12 rebounds in the victory. Boston scored her 10 point with a layup about three minutes into the second half and secured her 10th rebound with about four and a half minutes left in the third quarter to secure her 19th straight double-double. Before the game, Boston spoke with ESPN college game day and said, I just try to do what my teammates need me to do, and that's to be dominant, when asked about chasing the double-double record. ESPN Game Day featured a video on its social media platform with Boston that highlighted her Virgin Islands roots. The narrator of the video said Aaliyah returns home to the U.S. Virgin Islands at least once a year, not only to see family and friends, but also to feed her soul and to reconnect with where her journey began. Boston ends the video by stating, Everyone knows that I left here when I was young to be a successful basketball player, but I want to show them that all of this was so that I can continue to make them proud. The win on Sunday earned the Gamecocks the number one seed in the Southeastern Conference Tournament that will begin on March 2nd, and at least a share of a Southeastern Conference regular season title. Boston will have an opportunity to break the record when South Carolina plays Texas A&M on Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time on the Southeastern Conference Network. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, February 21st. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.